into the word as we prepare for our consecration uh, which starts May March 5th I keep saying May March 5th the day before Ash Wednesday uh, I want to speak to you on the subject <coughs> uh, real rest what 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 spiritual rest looks like and I want you to keep in mind the concept of this uh, two concepts number one with God's rest, you work smarter, not harder. Secondly, God needs you to rest so he can do the rest. In other words, where you will stop, God will begin. And, and so that's, that's the whole concept. So there's some things we said that the word rest in the, in the Greek is anaposis, which means to pause in the midst of whatever is going on in your life, or catapauses, which means a pause that comes down from God. Either way, there's some things that you're going to have to stop doing so that God can do. For example, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop worrying so that God can take your case. Okay, okay, okay. Come up here, Richard, because this is what's happening many times. Bring your Bible. Bring that big old Bible. Uh, now, this is how some of you are. You can stand up there. Okay, this you you you. The Bible says in in, in uh, Psalm thirty seven, it says, "Commit your way into the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will bring it to pass." But what you do is you take your case to the Lord, and you say, "Nah, I don't trust you." You take them. No, nah, I don't trust you. You you come to church, we <laughs> and you go back and you sit. And after service, you're like, okay, God, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it back. And God's like, okay, you handle it. And turn your name and say, neighbor, how's that working for you? Thank you. My wife said, just saying. So Moses, Moses is worried about how are they going to get into the promised land? How are they going to travel? And God says, I'm going to send an angel ahead of you. And Moses says, no, I don't, I don't want an angel. I want you. And in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, God says to Moses, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, what's the context of that? Let's picture this now. Moses, in chapter 32, he is emotionally drained and mentally exhausted. 
under the direction, he, he, he spends days, maybe about 40 days, up in, the, up in the mountain seeking God for direction for these 600,000 fighting men in the family on how he's going to lead them out of Egypt, which he already led them out, but into this promised land. And while he's up there seeking God, his assistant pastor decides to make an idol. And he makes these two golden calves. And they make a declaration. Hey, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Israel. And these man-made images are taking credit for what God has done. Mm. These are the gods. Hey, people of God, it's your degree. It's the school you went to that got you where you are. Hey, people of God, it's your good looks that got you where you are. It's your smarts. And, and we have created idols that have taken God's place. He comes down and finds not only that they worshiping this God, but there's this orgy going on. And, and Moses yells out, who is on the Lord's side? Join me. And the Levites come and join Moses. And then Moses says, go throughout the camp and kill everybody who is, who, who is drawn away to idolatry and who are causing the people's hearts to sway towards these golden images. And so the Levites go and they kill about 3,000 people. And Moses says to them, in the reversing of the curse, he says, Levi, you, you, you have, you are going to be honored with carrying the things of God because you did not hesitate to kill your brothers in order to please me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there are some relationships that you're going to have to kill to be with God. See, see, consecration is not just going without food and consecration, if I can borrow you, Elderoy, it, it is, it is you're being set apart to be used by God. That's what consecration, consecrate, to be set apart, to be used by God, which means that if you're set apart, that means they're going to, that means you're going to be pulled apart from some people. There are some people that God is going to say to you, you can't hang out with them anymore. There are some, those of you familiar with the scripture, there are some lots that you have carried with you and God said they got to go. It's quiet in here, but that's all right. So, now in chapter 33, in verse 7, it says it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting, which is called the tabernacle, and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tabernacle outside the camp 
whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, thank you, Jesus, the, the, all the people will get up and stand at the entrances of their tents, of their own tents, and they would watch Moses until he disappeared on the inside. Are you with me so far? So you have Moses, he sets up a place to seek God. He goes to that place, and as he's going, uh, uh, heads of household throughout the whole uh, camp, they're standing up at their own tent, and they're watching Moses, how he goes, into the tabernacle. Are you with me so far? And and verse 9, as he went into the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. In other words, something happened when Moses spent time with God. Folks, when we pray and spend time with God, something will happen. We don't pray because it's a nice thing to do. We pray because we believe that things happen when we pray that would not occur when we don't pray. As a matter of fact, Moses, okay, yes, the choir, the youth choir will be released at this time. So please be released, youth choir, if you're in part of the children's choir, be released. So we have this, 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 uh, this Moses who goes up into the presence of God and he, he is so transformed by the presence of God that he doesn't realize that when he comes down, there's a glow on his face that people cannot even deal with. So he has to put a shade on his face. Spending time with God ought to transform you. Spending time with God ought to give you a different disposition, a different look, a different, a different countenance. So verse, verse 10, when, Mo, when the people saw the cloud standing over the entrance of the temple or the tabernacle, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Moses' devotion had an impact on other people. Mm. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Are you with me so far? Again, in the tent of meeting, on the tabernacle, in the tent of meeting, in the place where he meant God, Moses would speak to God as a man speaks friend face to face. Face to face. Say those words with me, face to face. Here's my goal for the rest of my pastorate. The rest of my pastor, whatever days God gives me, this is my objective. And that is that every time you come into this room or the room at 56 Magazine Street, you will have encounters with God. And my goal in this season, 
this consecration season, particularly for this church, this particular congregation, this campus, is that your children will have encounters with God. I am 60 years old, and I still remember my encounter at 13. And I remember I was right there. It, it, that's, that's 47 years later, and it has marked me. It's good that our kids are memorizing the word. It's good that they go to Sunday school. And that's important, but nothing will mark you like an encounter with God with no intercessor. It was you and God. I remember my wife having an encounter with God at what's now Kingdom Empowerment Center, First Holiness Church back then, 211 Columbia Street. She was 17 years old. And she had such an encounter with the Holy Spirit that she had to be carried out of the church and put into a car to get home because she was so drunk by the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm talking about what would happen if our children had encounters with the Holy Spirit. It would change everything. See, see the word encounter, you may not know this, but the word encounter, it comes from two Latin words, en, which means, and which means in front of, and contra, which means, when you say contradict, you're saying to speak, diction, to speak against. Uh, when you have somebody who is a contrast, it, it usually thinks of, it usually speaks of against. Are you with me? But contra also means opposite, right? And of course, we think of <laughs> we think of contra as not simply opposite, but opposition. Are you with me? So watch this. Come here, sir. So when I have when 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 Richard is opposite of me. The mentality or the connotation is that he is in opposition. But actually, because he is contra, he is opposite of me, we're also face to face. Oh my. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this is going to be good. So, encounter means someone is in front of me particularly counter with God, who is face-to-face -face with me, who is in opposition to me. Oh, Jesus. Well, that doesn't make sense. Oh, it does make sense. Because when you have an encounter with God, you will discover that he is in opposition with you. But I thought the Bible said God is with me. Oh, he's with you, 
and yet he's in opposition to you. <laughs> Why? Because God says in Isaiah 55, my ways are in opposition to your ways. And you'll discover that when, <laughs> when, you have an when you have an encounter with God, he has you start giving money that you didn't want to give. That's opposition. Shatokoha. I will find that God, when I have an encounter, Elder Roy, there's people who I felt comfortable not talking to because I had a right to be ticked off. And all of a sudden, an encounter will say, I died for you. How dare you hold that gripe? And next thing you know, how, how, many, mm, how many of you, I know, see, you, you, I'm talking to you spiritual people here. How many of you, you thought you could get away with having a little attitude with somebody and not talking to them? And then the Lord won't let you sleep? Can I get a witness? Can I get anybody like that? You're trying to, you're trying to sleep and he's like, wake up. And the only reason you apologize is to get peace. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? And if you haven't had that happen to you, then I, I, I'll question your salvation. I, I, you think I'm playing. I will question your salvation. If you haven't had a moment when the Holy Spirit has opposed your attitude and every excuse, you, you like a lawyer giving God a, a whole case of why you have a right not to forgive. And he says, I don't care what they did to you. I ain't going to let you sleep. Ooh, it's quiet in this Pentecostal church. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. That's what an encounter would do. I, I was, I remember I was eight years old. And this guy got me so angry that I swore at him. I know some of you don't think swearing is wrong, but you'll get convicted pretty soon. I swore at this guy, and I'm going home, and, and the Spirit of God is just, you know that was wrong. You know that was wrong. Confess to your mother. You know that was wrong. And I, was try, and I try to justify, well, I just slipped, and, you know, she, you know he, he, he swore eight, he gave, no, ten swears at me. I just, it just went, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't like the F one, it was just, it was just a little, and, and. Finally, I, I was so miserable, so convicted that I went to my mom and said, Mommy, I swore. And she's like, that's okay, Brian. She called Masha, Masha the Merciful. And, but, but, but the point is, is that God is in opposition of how we think. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. An encounter, Lord have mercy, will Wreck your life for good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you I'd love to tell you? Because some people are looking at me like they don't understand. But I'm telling you, when you have an encounter, see, that's why, that's why when people come out and say, I say, how was service? And they say, it was all right. Then you didn't have an encounter. Because a person who has an encounter, they're like, oh my God, how was church? <gasps> Explain to me what happened. <laughs> What, what? Describe it to me. Ah. 
it will mark you. How many of you had an encounter with the Lord, say, over two decades ago, 20 years? How many of you? Raise your hand. You had an encounter with the Lord. And how many of you remember where it was? It marks you. So that when you want to say in yourself, God, you're not real because all of the circumstances are hitting you and making you think crazy, your spirit says, but I, I can't explain that away. Turn to somebody and say, you need another encounter. That's why, because your ways are not God's way, or my ways are not God's way. That's why he says, some of your favorite scripture, let me link it to it. Trust in the Lord with all your, lean not into your own, and all, whose ways? All your ways. Acknowledge him and he will what direct your path to what his ways see this is what some of you are doing two thousand nine two thousand ten to and God's like when are you gonna stop going your way Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua of Nun, would remain behind in the tabernacle. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I want to live a life that, that the next generation sees the impact of encounters in the presence of the Lord so I can say to them, hey, all right, that's enough. They're like, no, 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 no. You can go back to the camp. I'm staying here. I want what you have. Fathers, do your children see how you come out of the presence of the Lord and say, I want to go where daddy's been? It's quiet. Cricket. Last week, and I'm not bragging, it's only by the grace of God that, I mean, some, 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 some of us, we practice and practice and practice and our kids can go wayward, but, but some of us have not even set up a rhythm where our children can catch us praying. I'm not talking about the, okay, let's. Let's sit around the table. Gun is great. Gun is good. Let us thank him for his food. By his hands we are fed. Because it's by our daily bread. Amen. No, no, I'm talking about, the, talking about that. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'm not talking about, okay, Johnny. Okay, come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Actually, actually, PJ, let me borrow you. PJ, let me borrow you. Yeah, TJ, sorry, TJ, the PJ, see, I'm getting old. Uh, I'm not talking about, and no shade on you, I'm just using her then. I'm not talking about, okay, 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 PJ, let's bow, let's bow, let's bow down. TJ, 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 uh, let's bow down, okay, come on, ready, we're going to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, if I should die, well don't die, before I wake. I praise the Lord. My God bless mommy. God bless daddy. 
God bless everybody I know, God bless everybody I don't know. Amen. And now TJ, see, I used to, I used to be able to throw this guy up in the air. Now he's getting taller. And listen, listen how old TJ? How old are you? Seven. So now TJ's 17. He's 17. He was seven, now he's 17. Okay? Yeah. Big old hulking man. Come on. Now I lay me down to sleep. I prayed the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I hope I didn't do anything to die before I wake. I praise the Lord my soul to like 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 that 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 doesn't count. That doesn't count. What should happen? Again, TJ. TJ Jr. I want you to just walk by. Just walk by. Walk, just, just walk by. Just walk by. What should he he should he should stop, stop, something and find daddy. On his knees. At unscheduled times. Or mummy on the knees. You see, last week, I went into my prayer room and it was occupied. It was occupied by my daughter, Jessica. She was walking back and forth. Oh, Jesus. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, you know where she got that from? I'm notorious for sending emails at ridiculous hours. (laughs) I'm like the Holy Spirit. I neither slumber nor sleep. (laughs) But there'd be many times when my children would come down from their bedroom to the kitchen and they would find me praying. It's, folks, it's not to pat my back, self on the back. Please trust me. I don't pray enough. But I, I have developed enough of a discipline for my children to catch me praying. And then they can connect the dots. We have this because daddy talks to God. I've gotten to this school because daddy and mommy talk to God. Have you established some kind of picture, some kind of image, some kind of, uh, of, of discipline where your children says, my dad and my mom, they are people of prayer. So that when they become adults, it's easy for them to have encounters because you have set up the perimeters and the matrix and the, the, the skeleton of how to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm trying to do. For your children. It, it, it's not about me trying to get a pat on my back. or I, I just know that, that, that being a teenager is hard. And that's why we took the risk of having 
a blessing generation small group for teenagers. Never been done before. Never. And I, we were supposed to be just simply uh, praying for the folks. And then we were supposed to leave at 3 o'clock to go to our cousin Ruth Edie's, Brother Cameron's sister's 60th birthday. I was just going to have, no, I'm off. Praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord started saying, you see, the, the teenagers of your church struggling. You need to do something. So, Lady Common, not, the, no, me, because when I said to Lady, thank God, see, God gave me the right wife because she looked at me like, are you sure you heard from God? <laughs> Nevertheless, not your will, but mine. And then after the first night, because it was Friday night and a Saturday, I looked and I said, I wonder if I heard from God. But then the Holy Ghost. And again, I had, we had three intercessors outside of the room that were just praying for our teenagers to have an encounter. I just got this text from one of our teenagers who was in that group yesterday. Simply put, this is a teenager, because when you hear these words, I was like, I need to look at the dictionary to spell some of these words. Uh, simply put, blessing generations was one of the best experiences of my life. I just simply said, give me your feedback. These vi the videos were not only insightful, but also powerful and provided such amazing guidelines in terms of how to live your life as a Christian teenager. As a result of those videos, I feel as if I have a template in teenager by which to live my life. But despite the endless impact of the videos, they weren't even the best part of the conference. The part that hit home the most was when we went into small groups. In these small groups, each and every one of us were given the option to open up and receive personal ministry. Personally, I had come into the weekend carrying a lot of burdens and anxieties but through ministry watch this and hearing from God not from Bishop not from Lady Common hearing from God and a lot of tears I was able to leave all that in my small groups and after we had finished our small group of intercessors spoke blessings over us personally their words of life into us was something that brought so much peace and love, I can barely put it into words. This is a teenager. Hey, parents, have your teenagers ever said this to you? The experience of receiving ministry is one I can't say thank you enough for. I know that my group was the first collection of teenagers to take part in Blessing Generations. 
but I sincerely hope we're not the last. It is something I think every teenager should have the opportunity to experience as it is truly life-changing. At a critical time in one's life at their post-pubescent years, woo! <sighs> the teenager! Having this personal experience with God is crucial and I hope that others are able to take part. The other teenager who gave me the remarks that I read last, last Sunday, that teenager came to 6 o'clock prayer on Wednesday. Now, when you get, get a teenager, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. My wife was there. She went, hmm? <laughs> that is an encounter. When your children have an encounter, you don't have to wake them up to school to go to church. They'll wake you up. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. And so my, my goal is to create spaces for encounters for our children. And here's the point I want to make. Uh, uh, and so, as I said, are we affecting the next generation in spiritual discipline. And um, <clears throat> Adele Calhoun's book, Spiritual Disciplines, many of you know it, the Spiritual Discipline Handbook. Uh, we've had the, uh, <clears throat> we, we had the family actually, at a, that couple actually minister at one of our marriage retreats. In, in their book, The Spiritual Disciplines, which has about 80 spiritual disciplines, they have 14 spiritual disciplines specifically under prayer. <clears throat> and what struck me, I'm, I'm at the conclusion of my sermon, what struck me was that the first prayer discipline was called, and, and I was like, God, thank you about this. Uh, the first spiritual discipline under prayer is called breathing prayer. And remember what I said. I said rest, God's rest is to respire, meaning to breathe in God's air. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I can hardly wait to, to next week to tell you about that's what Adam was doing that caused him to do all that he could do is that at the cool of the day, he would receive the breath of God to carry out his assignment in the garden. And I believe what God is saying, if you would spend more time with me, I will breathe into you my life, which would, my life would, which would illuminate your eyes to see things. And, and I was, I was, when they were giving the quizzes on, 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 on 1 Corinthians, they were saying, they were talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And God, what God said, I will breathe into you things that eyes have not seen. I will breathe into you things that your ears cannot hear. I will breathe into you things that haven't entered in, into your heart. What? The things that God has prepared for those who love him. I'm telling you, folks, when you spend time with God, he will breathe things into you that make no sense, but he will make it happen. Turn your name and say, you're working too hard. 
because you got to get into God's presence where he can breathe into you his thoughts. Moses, you can either kill the Egyptians one at a time or get in my presence and let me send a plague. You like that one, didn't you? You're working too hard. Spend time in his presence. And, 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 and the first quote in that, I'm at the bottom of my note, the first quote that she says, get this in your spirit, the first quote that she says in breathing prayer is this, one of the first quotes on the page. She says, God is the oxygen of our soul and we need to breathe him in all day long. Oh, man. I want to encourage you during this season of consecration. We start Tuesday, and we're going through this book called Reset, 20 Days to a Consistent Prayer Life. I am telling you, especially you children and especially you teenagers, establish the discipline of prayer. It will change your life. It will cause you, come here, um, Lady Carmen, it'll cause you to marry the right person. And it'll cause you to not only marry the right person, but to be happy with that person for 36 years. Amen. Mm. Mm. And being in the presence of God will make her look like Sarah and you like Abraham. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul. We were having fun. I was having fun with Brother Demond yesterday, and I said, "Yeah, man, I'm checking out the redhead." <laughs> and I grabbed her. I said, "Hey, I got to take her home from the party last night." <laughs> But my point is, is that when you allow yourself to stay in the presence of God, he will tell you what school to go to even when your grades don't make sense to go there. I am so glad the Lord spoke to us when we, 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 we were walking, when Vanessa was picking out of school, we were walking on the campus of Simmons. And the Lord said to me, she used to go to Simmons. I just knew it. So I started claiming it. And it's a good... It's good to hear from God before you see the facts. Because had I saw what the SAT scores was, I probably would have started speaking doubt. But God got her into Simmons. She graduated with great grades. My point is, is that every place we went, when I put my foot on it, because I'm spending time in his presence, he can download into my spirit and say, this is the place. It happened with our house. As soon as I walked into the house in Arlington, God said, that's your house. I looked at my finances. God said, I don't care what your finances says. That's your house. I'm breathing into you your, my thoughts. This is your house. And the owner loved us so much, he dropped the price. I'm telling you, God will do things for you. If you would spend time in his presence, you will work a whole lot less harder. 